Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right. Welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadash. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. I have a, an incredible guest today. He is someone that has been a leader in the network marketing industry for many years. He co-built a production company, uh, a multi-million dollar production company, and later sold it to a Fortune 2200 company. And he's... Uh, been on the board of the Distributor Rights Association, which later became the Association of Network Marketing Professionals. He was on it for over eight years. And he's known in network marketing circles as the MLM ambassador. How are you doing today? Welcome, Brett, Brett Matheny. How are you doing today, my friend? Victor, what a pleasure to be here. It's connected to you, man. Thank you. Oh, it's, it's great to have you here. I just love uh, me and Brett, we've become really good friends on Clubhouse uh, over the last couple of months. And I just love everything Brett shares. He is a man of incredible wisdom and he truly loves to help and serve people. He loves to edify people. And I can see why he's been such a great leader in the network marketing industry. So it's truly a pleasure and an honor to have you here today, my friend. Yeah, it begins with the heart and passion for what you believe in and what you step in front of. So yes, thank you for having me, Victor. Okay, great. So first I'd like to start by I would like you just to start by sharing your story as to, you know, how, what led you to get into the network marketing profession? What occurred in your life and, you know, the, th the happenings and the goings that made you want to become an MLM professional? Well, I think we have a half hour, right? So we have, you, you have as much time as you need, oh, my friend. Okay. All right. Because, uh, okay. So basically I, uh, from the very uh, onset of my walking into, you know, a job, um, came out of high school and I, I was connected to Hollywood. My uncle was a, a um, very high up in Hollywood and a, a nine, uh, uh, he won nine Emmys. He, he was connected and he had big plans for me. And I, I loved uh, camera work and, um, and he wanted to be, he wanted me to be his protege. And I went into Hollywood at the age of 18 and it scared the living snot out of me because I was raised up as a born, born again believer. I love the mm -hmm. Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just didn't fit my lifestyle. And so I, I kind of got scared and kind of walked away. And I know I disappointed them, but I started my own production company. I filmed about 500 weddings. Uh, and, and I was one of the top cameramen uh, and wedding producers in uh, Southern California. And then I got into the rental business and I, I started producing shows and uh, renting audio uh, visual equipment. So uh, a lot of success came from that, Victor. And as I grew up and as I uh, adapting to be a father and, uh, and a family man and still trying to pursue what I wanted to do for life and, uh, and what I wanted to achieve, because it was always about working hard. And um, so in 1990s, I was introduced to go to an event and it was an Excel event and uh, about 700 people were in the room and a good friend of mine asked me to go and my arms were folded. And uh, I just, I, I just, I just had this persona that these people were greedy people, selfish people, and they were only out for themselves. And so I absolutely turned down that opportunity. And I just said, this is not for me. I, this lifestyle is not for me. And so about 10, 11 years later, um, as I 
gained in my uh, uh, success in uh, Main Street America, I was asked again to attend uh, something. And, and this time, something clicked inside of me of a second residual income that, that made a lot of sense. And so I, I went to the meeting and I decided, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step into this and I'm going to see if I can actually do this. And, and Victor, to be honest, I thought I was going to crush it from the very beginning. Hey, I'm a successful businessman. I've done so much. I've traveled the world. I've done so much out there. I'm going to just nail this. And I failed miserably. I basically bought my way into success. And uh, it just, uh, I hardly made any money. And I just kind of, I remember one of the hardest lessons I learned, Victor, was when I was uh, put in front of the audience because of my Main Street America success. And I was put in front of an audience and I thought I, I, thought I did well. And a guy from the back row came and talked to me, shook my hand and says, you're new to this business, aren't you? And I, I said, wait, uh, yeah. And he said, I can tell you have a lot to grow. <laughs> that was shattering to me. And so anyway, I just, uh, I just said, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to start from scratch. I'm going to learn from the very best and I'm going to get connected. And one of my gifts is to be, to get connected, Victor, is to mm -hmm, really mm -hmm. find my way into those circles that I can start having a voice in circles. And that happened and started with Rod Cook, pretty much the mm -hmm. godfather of network marketing. I, it, uh, I was at an event. He was there. I pulled him to the side and said, hey, how am I going to get this done? How can I be successful? What am I failing at? And he took me by, by the arms and he says, let's walk it. Let's do it together. I'll help you. And um, he, he's very much of a, charis a charismatic individual. Um, and, but he was, uh, he was the guy that was basically looking over the whole industry. So I knew I had the right connection. Well, Rod Cook put me as a board member with some of the biggest builders in the entire world of this, uh, such as the likes of uh, uh, Todd Balcone and Jordan Adler and uh, Sarah Robbins and mm -hmm. Tom Chenaults, and it just continued. And here I am, a little guy, a peon, and I'm Rod Cook's protege. And so, anyway, so it's uh, people were asking, what has he done? But I proved myself very, very quickly that uh, I was a hard worker and I was going to uh, go in and step uh, into this. And so, think about it, Victor. Here I am with this incredible force. Mm -hmm. And now they're all my mentors. Sandy Cohen is another one that just became an incredible mentor of mine. John Hammock, who just fills me with knowledge each and every day. And this was right in my circle. They were all in my corner because they wanted me to be able to go and do something successfully, even though that I already had success in another uh, uh, world. And that was Main Street America. So then I just evolved. And uh, I was on the uh, board of the uh, ANMP, the DRA, for uh, just about eight years, served on it, spent about 1,500 hours worth of phone calls of the pros and cons of this industry. Um, I pretty much know all the comp plans. I pretty much know all, all the players. And, uh, and yes, I have my opinions. But the re it was about, I would say, 2010, 2011, that somebody referred to me as an ambassador because of the ethics that I carried with and walked with and the, uh, and the character uh, that I, I just displayed each and every time I would meet people or, or in, in how I walked through life. And so somebody said uh, an ambassador and then somebody else came back and said, no, he's the MLM ambassador. And then it, it just grew from there. And so I, I have always... I've had a lot of eyes on me in this industry, Victor. I've always wanted 
to serve this profession, but I've been very honest, very transparent about the things that aren't right with the industry as well. And, uh, but there are a lot of great, great people in, in this profession. And I've had the honor of connecting, rubbing shoulders with them, standing up on stage with them. And it, at the end of the day, it, it just comes down to, it's a learning process. I'm always a student, I'm ready to learn. Uh, the, uh, uh, the rooms that you and I are in on Clubhouse, man, it's like from other leaders, we're just learning and applying what we're uh, adapting to each and every day of what they're saying. And what a better privilege to always better our personal development each and every day as we're a student to be able to go and, and, and help others. And it's always about helping others. So, you know, obviously I built a, a, a multi-million dollar, uh, uh, co-built a multi-million dollar uh, a business. It was uh, sold to a company called DeVita, which is the dialysis company. Uh, that, uh, that is very uh, worldwide known. Um, my footprints are uh, all over that company. Um, it's just because of the pictures and the things that I did with that company for 12 years. And I'm very proud of that. But now it's about being uh, in front of this industry, this space and, and building that legacy. So that's pretty much my story. All right, well, great. Well, thanks for sharing, Brett. And uh, a lot of interesting stuff there. number one, you thought because you were successful in the production company, that would automatically translate into success in MLM, and that did not necessarily happen. So, yeah, it's a lesson for us, uh, for all of us there. When you switch professions, there are things you need to learn, things you need to do differently, and be coachable and teachable, and realize that you're you don't have to, you can't do the exact same things, and that's it's not going to necessarily translate into incredible success over there. But you also mentioned one thing, one great thing you always had about you is that you were a connector, you were a networker, you got along with people, you work with people well, you got along well with people, you help people out. And your relationship with Rod Cook, who was a legend, led you to meet a lot of great legendary people. And, and I think that association, all those great people definitely affected your mindset, helped your belief in yourself. And and the fact that you work so closely with these over those eight years serving on the board of the ANMP, and you got to see how all the companies were, the comp plans, like you said, and you saw what was good and what was bad. And of course, there are always some bad things, there are always some sleazy people there, there are always some scams out there, but the vast majority of companies are they're great. They're led by great people. They're, they're full of people who want to help people. And I think it's one of the great things about this profession, and you can probably expand upon this more, it's like, there's so many, and we see, as you mentioned, we see this in our clubhouse calls. There's so many people out there who are just generously sharing all that they know with everyone and not asking for anything in return. They truly want to help people out. And a lot of these people are, if you call them up individually, they would charge you thousands of dollars for coaching, but yet they're sharing this for free because they truly want to help people. And I think that's one of the great things about this profession. And, and you could talk about this more is that you can only succeed in network marketing is by helping, helping the people underneath you below. The more people you help, the more successful you get. You can't be selfish and be a seven-figure earner in this profession. So I'd just like to hear your comments about that. Yeah, you know what? Let's go back to the connector. Sure. First of all, and I think, that, uh, I think that's powerful. And if you have listeners right now listening to this and they're saying, okay, how can I really kind of step forward and go beyond, you know, what's expected to be able to have that success, connect with people above yourself, you know, as far as on another level. 
And that doesn't put anybody down to say they're on a lower level than somebody else. Because uh, trust me, when I came into network marketing, I, I was on the lowest level. Now, I may have had respect because I, 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 I really achieved well in Main Street America. But, uh, but I, it's like I was just a, just a person down looking up saying, okay, how can I connect? And I think that that's one of the biggest nuggets that I can offer is that anytime you can walk into a room and own the room, anytime that you can just walk up to somebody and say, hi, my name is such and such. It's a pleasure to meet you. I've, I've always honored you. And I would love to connect when you have time. You know, you've got to be bold with that. I mean, imagine a Lisa Grossman out there at, mm -hmm. a, at an A&MP event, and she's just standing there maybe looking at her phone. Who's going to be the one who's going to be bold? Because the thing about Lisa, she will embrace you. She will appreciate you, mm -hmm. and she will have a conversation, and she'll want to connect further with you because that's who she is. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, do, do, do you, an audience member out there who's listening, do they have the boldness to walk up to Lisa Grossman and say, hi, my name's Lisa, or my name's uh, Lori. It's a pleasure to meet you. I've, I've, I've just honored you for so many years. And, uh, you know, uh, and there's other leaders out there. That, that are doing so much in this profession, but most of them, Victor, most of them are wi willing to give back. Most of them are so humble because they, they have come to a point of saying, this industry gave so much to me, it's time for me to give back. So if, if you have somebody listening out there, I, I just encourage them to be bold and walk up to anybody and either have a card ready or just look them in the eyes and say, it's a pleasure to be connected to you, okay? Because that's where things start. That's where you start to get challenged and that's where you start recognizing them. They recognize you and edify you. And all of a sudden you feel more confident as you step forward to do amazing things in this industry. And so I just, I wanted to touch base on that. You can ask me another question, but I think, I think that's the value. If you can connect with the people above yourself and hang out in those circles, you're going to find yourself much more successful. Oh, I, I totally agree with that, Brett. The more successful people you can surround yourself with and spend time with, the better and more successful you'll be. And that's why I think it's so important. Uh, we have, well, right now, most companies are, still have virtual events, but hopefully soon we'll go back to live events. When your company has live events, you really should go there because you're going to meet a lot of the top earners there. It's a great way to build relations with these people. And they may share a couple of golden nuggets with you at that event if you talk to them for a few minutes that they may not necessarily share in a webinar. And that one little tip can change your life. And building that relationship with those successful people, you never know where that can take you. And I agree. You got to be bold. You got to get out of that comfort zone. And the vast majority of these people, Brett, they're open. They love to have people come up to them just telling me, listen, you know, I've learned so much of you. You know, your, your, your teachings have changed my life. I just want to let you know, I really appreciate all the, all the great trainings you've done. And most of them will be happy to hear that. Take a picture with them. They will, they'll be more than glad to take a picture with you. Message them later, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram. Just reach out to them later. Say it was great meeting at this at this event, and you may want to include a picture of them so they remember who exactly you were. And it's a great way to start off a friendship. You know, reach out to them from time to time and build that relationship with them. With them because number one, that relationship can take you so far. They can introduce you to a lot of other successful people. So I agree. Spend more time with them. Reach out to them. And here's the thing, a lot of people are afraid to re go, go up to them and say, you know, it's just nice to meet you. I love what you do. And, and 
when you actually do that, they, they will remember that. So I agree, just go out and reach out to them because it, it'll definitely change. And you know, a great place to do that is Clubhouse. There are yeah. so many successful six, seven, eight figure earners and you go into somebody's Clubhouse rooms and we, we've met a lot of people. You've known a lot of these people a lot longer than I have, but I've gotten to meet a whole bunch of them over the last couple of months and developed some really great friendships with them by going into these rooms, talking with them, interacting with them and you know, sharing value and listening to their value and, and just you know, messaging them later. And, and it's a great way to build these amazing relationships. So there are so many ways to do that. And just, you just, like you said, be bold, get out of your comfort zone and just do it. So here's another great nugget. And if you guys are writing something down, make sure you apply this. Is that when you meet one of these leaders and they actually spend some time to talk to you, if they tell you something or if they tell you something personal, if they say, hey, my birthday's coming up, uh, you know, next week and I'm, you know, and, and, and you just casually say, what day is it? And then all of a sudden you pop up and wish them a happy birthday or, or they give you a nugget that, that just impacted you. And next time you see them, you know, uh, Todd, the, the last time we spoke, you told me this and I applied it in this way. And I just want to, I just want to thank you. And so always write notes down when you talk to leaders, because when you see them again and you start to mention that, they start to say this person listened, this person cared enough to take something from me and run with it. And that's powerful. So just make sure you do that because that's a big nugget. And that's huge. If you can remember the things they told you, like you said, that tells them that they're paying attention. So what other nuggets would you have for people, number one, who are maybe, number one, struggling in the profession right now? Maybe they've been working on their business six months and not going anywhere. And they're like saying, why am I not succeeding? Or maybe people who are brand new to this profession, they're still trying to, you know, figure their way out through this profession because it's a big learning curve. So what advice would you give to people who are either new or, you know, been in, the, been in it for a few months, but are, you know, struggling a bit? Yeah, so it begins with the heart set that belief system and not only what you're doing, but in yourself, that sense of confidence that you too can get out there just like everybody else and make a difference. So the heart set drives you towards the results that creates a mindset. And then that's where you systematically as a student apply and develop personally in, in the skills that you've been given. And, and again, Victor, the, the crucial part about that statement is You've got to go through and, and over and over and over and over. I'm, I'm a, um, almost to an expert level on playing a three-minute chess that, uh, that I, can, I can hang with the best of them. And, that, uh, and not, not, not the greatest in the world. They would still swallow me up. But to, to the majority of them, I can hang. And because I have played it over and over and over, there are so many uh, angles and so many different scenarios that plays out that you got to read it before they act to it. Okay. And then you got to do it in such a way where your activity isn't always the advertising out there and it's somewhat subtle, you know, so it's a great game to really discipline yourself to always create a better way to, uh, to win more often. That's in life too. That's in business with network marketing is that you're, you're always looking for different things that will get you to the next step um, and, and, and graduate to the next level. And so when you can do that on a level that's going to bring everyday success, it's just a growing process. And that's the beauty. I do have a nugget 
that came to mind. And I, I'm, I'm very passionate about this. And so when you walk into a room, it, I, I want you to, and I'll be saying this on a clubhouse later today because I love the scenario behind it, but if it, it was either Ocean's 12 or Ocean uh, 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 11, uh, no, it was Ocean's 12 or 13, um, and it, it was where uh, at the very end of the movie that you saw all the stars walking into the door, into the door with music. They featured every single star walking into it. And it was a perception of who that person was when they walked in that door. What was the story of that person when they walked in that door? And you know what? We never know who exactly or what exactly is the story behind Joe who just walked in the door. So that's up to Joe to walk into that door boldly, confident, like he owns the room. It doesn't mean that he has a Rolex watch on. It means that he's eye contacting, he's smiling, he's going up to engage. He walks in with authority. And that's what we all need to learn. You're just not a peon walking in that door. You are somebody special when you, when you enter into that door because there's a story behind you and there's an, an ambitious personality that people are going to get to know as you work the room. So again, don't lose those opportunities. You're not just a person on the wall, you know, a fly on the wall who happens to be there. You are a purposeful person in that room that's going to drive results because of those that you're going to connect with. And that's what it comes down to, Victor. It comes down that we have to play into the role authentically and genuine. But at the same time, we have to prepare ourselves for when we do have an opportunity to showcase who we are and why we're special. Then people take notice and then they want to know more about us. Now, that's some great stuff there. Number one, yeah, you have to, number one, have that story behind you. Believe in yourself. Have that posture and confidence. And be ready for the opportunities when they present themselves and always be open and looking for them and have when that opportunity presents yourself to share your story and realize you have a gift. You have something that can help change people's lives. I think sometimes people are walk with that fear. And I think people, you have to walk with the belief that like, man, I have something that can change your life. I can really help this person out. I can serve them. When you, have, when you change that focus to that, you're going to be so much more confident. Here's the thing, and I think you agree with this. Prospects can sense when you're fearful, when you doubt yourself, and versus when you're confident, you believe in what you have to offer. People can read subliminally; they can tell what kind, what kind of feeling you have about yourself and about your product and about your service. So, have that posture, have that confidence, and be ready for any opportunity there. Because there's there, like you said, there are what seven billion people in this world. There's so many people, and oh, yeah. and and you can't prejudge because you just don't know. Someone who may have been having a great life a year ago after COVID maybe looking for some new opportunities to uh, change their life because number one, they might have lost their job or they're afraid of losing their job. So they're scared. So they're looking for additional income that can help help put them and their family. So, you know, I, I think that's some great stuff you, had, you just shared. Um, well, go ahead. The, the biggest nugget with, uh, with what you just said too is that uh, connecting with people, you never know if there's 10,000 people behind the one person you just met. Yeah. And that one person you just met may have no interest in the world and what you do. But if you ask the right question, you can get to the 10,000 people. 
because there's a belief system. If they believe in you and they may not have time and the timing may not be perfect for them to make a commitment to you at, the, at that time, but they may, they may connect you with somebody that all of a sudden opens up 10,000 people beyond. And that's the beauty of connections because you always, you never know who you're about to walk into. I mean, look at us on Clubhouse. Did we ever imagine that we would be part of such a dynamic app three mm -hmm. months ago? The answer is no. I never knew that mm -hmm. I would be spending almost 16 hours a week on a Clubhouse making connections and having that be my new game, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, so, and then being able to grow through the process and saying, where in the heck did this come from? You know, it's like a new girlfriend. It's like, you know, it's like you're, you're dating all the mm -hmm. time because it's at the same time. It's like, it's fun. It's energetic, mm -hmm. it's evolving. And, and just a platform is just nothing but quality. So that's an excitement of what we do have and uh, where we're going with this. No, that's a great golden nugget. You just dropped it because every person you talk to has a circle of influence. It could be a hundred, could be a thousand, could have 10,000 people. And like you said, even they, they don't have the time to work with you. They may know someone they can refer to because you just don't know. But if you never talk to them, you may never meet that person who could be a rock star in your organization. So every person has a circle of influence. So you're not just talking to one person. You could potentially be talking to hundreds, even thousands of people. So, but if you never talk to anyone, you never expand the circle of influence. <laughs> you're, you're, you're limited. I mean, that's why, I, 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 that's why I love the movie Limitless, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with, uh, uh, with what's his name, Brad, um, I just not thinking of it right now, but uh, Brad Cooper. But anyway, it's just, if you watch that movie, look at the possibilities of who you can be. Um, you know, and obviously a drug temp to help them get there. But, um, you know, I'm not promoting that. But, uh, but here, here's something else too, brother, is that I'm not going to say what I represent. And I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. However, if I'm at an expo and you come up to my booth, the first thing I'm going to tell you, Victor, is I'm so glad you got to my booth because we have the best product at this expo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You will not find any other product like our product in this expo whatsoever. And let me tell you why. And if I did have an opportunity to tell you how and why, you would you would start believing me because the sense of confidence in which I shared with you then, taking a bold stand to say, you just made the best stop in this expo. And now we're going to have a conversation. Anybody who's listening to this conversation have the confidence such as that to be able to boldly talk about what you are proud of and why you are in front of what you're in front of. Absolutely. Confidence is so attractive. And would you agree the first person you need, you need to recruit is yourself before you can recruit anyone else? Amen. I agree. That's great. Yeah. So you have that belief in yourself. Anything is possible. So uh, one, one thing that stops a lot of people also in network marketing is they have that fear of rejection of people saying no. Now, especially newbies, people who've been in the, in the industry 10 years, they've learned to overcome it. But what would you say to someone who's new, who fears getting a lot of no's and, and, and fears that rejection? How, what would you recommend to them to, to overcome you know, to handle rejection. You know, it's a, the cliche thing is, oh my gosh, embrace the no. The no is the greatest thing that you can get because it's always going to grow into the yes with, the, with those you talk to later. But let's be realistic. Not everybody is equipped to be the type of person emotionally 
to be able to receive a no. And that's and and to a listener right now, I guarantee you that there's a listener right now who's shaking their head and saying, yeah, a no is tough, you know, because I believe in what I'm doing, but everybody else rejects me in what I'm doing. And so it's like, where why can't I get a confirmation? So it is in the numbers. The more the more no's you get, you do get a yes and you celebrate the yes. And hey, that's great. Okay. But you got to always realize that going into talking to anybody, the probability is that they're going to say no because it, it's a defensive mechanism. It's either pain in the past or, or, or something that they're attributing that no to with confidence. And it's nothing personal against you. It's just, it's easier to not be burdened with a, something new. So therefore, Victor, no, I just, I'm not interested. The timing's not right, Victor. So where do we go with that? Well, the one thing we don't do is walk away and forget them. Mm-hmm. What we do is say, I appreciate you saying that, Victor. I, I, yeah, I said no in the beginning as well. And I, I don't want to patronize you or anything with, with the response here. I just want to be sensitive to the fact that there are reasons why you just said no. So I want to ask your permission. I want to ask a favor of you. Victor, is it okay if I call you in a week from now or two weeks from now and we engage in a conversation to better better develop our personal relationship, our trust towards each other. And from time to time, I'll let you know how I'm doing in this business. So it will kind of equip you to know that this is legitimate, that I'm, I'm consistent with what I'm doing each and every day. And I just want your permission if I can kind of share that with you from time to time. Almost always a person will say, I'd be honored for you to share that with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then it comes down to their timing, respecting that maybe right now is not the best timing, but also you can also take it to this level too, Victor. It's, I appreciate the no you just gave me, and I, I, I'm not going to fight that no. Um, is there anything that I could answer for you for you to have a better understanding? Maybe I didn't do uh, uh, the appro- uh, uh, an appropriate job in telling you exactly what we do. Is there anything else that I can share? And even if they say, no, you did a good job, I I understand it, then great. I would love to stay connected with you on this. You never lose the contact. You always keep going. Amazon knows that it takes anywhere Mm -hmm. from 10 to 17 times for them to get something in front of you for a purchase. 10 to 17 times. So the question is to your audience, do they have the patience? To be uh, to 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 embolden themselves to stay in front of that person and not give up. Yeah, follow up is so important. I thought what you just shared there was golden. They're not saying no to you. It's just it could be a bad moment in their lives, or they it's a defense mechanism, or maybe they they made some assumptions about the industry. They might have heard some things that are wrong, but it, it, whatever it is, it's almost never you. And I think a lot of people take it personally, but realize. But if you get asked them for permission to keep in touch with them, and you do it nicely and respectfully they will almost always say yes. And, it, and the Amazon example, I really love, because I'll tell you something, when I look up something on Amazon, as soon as I go on Facebook, they show me the exact same thing I just looked on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. Amazon will keep following up on you. You keep seeing that product. And I think I read a stat, only 2% of people buy on the first exposure. So that's why you have to see it 7, 10, 15 times, whatever the number is. You have to see it multiple times because I guess it gets more familiar in your subconscious mind. So the more often you see it, the more comfortable you get. So 
following up with people is a great way to develop the relationship and they'll get more comfortable. They, they will know, like, and trust you more. And there's a much better chance if you keep in touch and not say, uh, forget it, that, that they'll eventually join you down the road. But you have to continue that relationship. Don't give up after the first no. There've been so many examples of successful people. They got so many. Colonel Sanders was rejected a hundred, a thousand times for his chicken recipe yeah, yeah. before he found the Kentucky Fried Chicken. Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen were rejected by 144 publishers before someone said yes for their Chicken Soup for the Soul book, which became one of the top three bestsellers during the 1990s. And the whole book series, it spawned and sold almost half a billion copies. If they had said no after two or three no's, if they said, I'm going to forget, I'm going to give up on this, they would never become the successes that they are now. But they continued. They they never gave up, so don't give up on people. It, just say, keep in touch, it may not be the right time, but maybe three months or six months or 12 months down the road, you never know. Even two or three years, you never know. But if you don't keep in touch with them, someone else may get them. Absolutely, that's a great point. And I want you to repeat something. What's the percentage that uh, will most likely say on the first time? About 2%. Okay, so that means 98% are ready to say no to you, Victor. So that you need to have the, the mindset and the preparedness to go into that conversation that most likely the odds are against you. So, so you always improve the process. It always comes down to your narrative of what you're saying and how you're capturing their attention in that dynamic. You're not saying too much and you'll always be able to balance that. You'll get better at it. But 98% is gonna say no in most cases. So how are you prepared for that? And how will you move forward with that in a follow-up? That's the key to what you just said. No, absolutely. As long as you come with that expectation, knowing that the vast majority are gonna say no, is how do you respond to that? And I think the way you uh, explained, I think that was the best way to handle it. Keep in touch with them, keep up the relationship, and you know, don't be sold on the outcome. There, there's something we mentioned a lot at Clubhouse, and I think you would agree, Marry the process, divorce the outcome. Because I think everyone goes in when they're emailing people, texting people, getting on a call with them, or talking to them on person, uh, in person. They are just so focused on the outcome. And very often they get nervous, they get anxious, and people can sense that in you. And when you're so focused on the outcome, you're going to do much worse. You're not going to be as well as when you're relaxed and not as focused on the outcome. You're just focused on how can I help this person? How can I serve them? Number one, you develop the relationship more and you're much more likely to close them, not then, than in a future meeting or call with them. You know, Victor, it's getting my train of thought here. Mm -hmm. um, your listeners have to realize that you're just not promoting yourself to that person. You're promoting to the connectors that that person has. And we talked about this earlier. Mm -hmm. Got to be bold enough to say, this may not be the right timing for you. Who do you know that might be interested or needs this pain relief right now or, or needs this a supplement to give them strength in what they're doing? And almost always there's somebody that the person will know. And then what happens, Victor, is this person, that person comes into the business and all of a sudden your original person comes into the business six months later because already three or four of his connectors are already in the business. And it's, uh, it's that uh, uh, fear of uh, uh, missing out, you know, that FOMO. FOMO. It's just, it, you know, you're just the fear of missing out. And then all of a sudden this person comes in late to the game, but he's convinced because other people latched onto it that he knew, he trusted. 
No, that's absolutely right. And again, that's a great point you brought up again. It's their circle influence. And if they're not interested, you could say, maybe this is not a fit for you, but you know anyone else who can use, can use this relief. And, and you know what? It takes the pressure off of the prospect. They're saying, okay, I don't have to worry about it. It's okay if I say no, but I have a couple of friends who might need what this person is offering to them. And they're willing to you know, have you reach out to them. And like you said, if, if a couple of their friends are doing well later on in the business, they develop that FOMO, that fear of missing out. They may want to join later on. So you just never know. You're not just, like you said, you're not just talking to one person. You're talking to potentially hundreds, even thousands of other people. But if you talk to zero people, your influence would be zero. So that's why it's the more people you can get in touch with and talk with, the more your circle of influence expands. And I see that in clubhouse. I just see like you go into certain rooms, I become friends. I get, I make connections with certain people. And then later on, I make connections with some of their friends. So every person has a has a certain circle of influence so if you talk to them you never know who they can introduce you to whether it's someone that could be a partner with you or someone that could join you in your business or just someone that could be a mentor to you there's so many people that just one person can introduce you to yeah and that's that's the beauty of networking that we have those options uh, one of my greatest friends out there troy dooley um who i've always referred to as the voice of network marketing and now he's becoming more of a voice of main street america um, is that, you know, he always, in his coaching to me, he always said, Brett, don't prejudge who you're talking to. Um, because, because I made the mistake, Victor, and I'll, I'll, I'll admit this immediately through the years. I always made the mistake of saying, Troy, I just, I just talked to a rock star. I just talked to somebody that's going to blow up this business. And oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. He's going to come in and he's going to just crush it. And Troy would say, Brett, stop, <laughs> stop, you know, and, it, and, and so to your listeners, I hope that can resonate to them is that you never know who's going to build your business with you. You never know the activity. You never know the story behind them. The, the single mom raising two kids, maybe your rock star that you never even bragged about when she came into the business and you'll regret that later. And so anyway, so I thank Troy because he really instilled that in me is that everybody is an individual, a new beginning to what you're doing and everyone will play the role as what's best for them at the timing of it. And so just treat everybody as an equal. No, absolutely. And not everyone's at the same level. One person wants to just make a couple hundred dollars a, a, a month. They want to be part of a community, want to belong to something nice, but maybe two or three or four years on the road, they're ready to say to you, you know what, Brett, I want to do $5,000 a month. It's time right now. But if you try to force them into the higher level, they will feel uncomfortable and they may just give up and leave. And that's why you can't prejudge you. There might be certain people ready to do that. And there are also certain people, they sound so excited the first two or three days, they say, I'm going to make a million dollars. And then a month later, they just quit the opportunity because it's all on emotion. They never had that work ethic. They never had that personal development done in them. And they were not consistent with what they did. So you just never know something. Some of the people you don't think are going to be those rock stars. They're the ones that are quiet, but they're consistent. They do all the work. They do reaching out to the people. And sometimes they're the ones that, that surprise you the most. You just never know. Uh, you, speaking of Troy, he mentioned on the call earlier, uh, that guy who was in federal prison and ran his business while he was still serving time in prison, but, it, but he built a successful business using a payphone from prison. So you just never know who might run a successful business. Yeah, it's a, I, I had the pleasure of interviewing Keith about 10 years ago. And um, 
Keith realized when he got cut because his, his distribution, he was one of the most successful disc distributors in the world, but it happened to be with drugs mm -hmm. and illegal drugs instead of network marketing. And so Keith and I had a phenomenal conversation and, and Keith told me, he said, Brett, when I got arrested, I knew I failed as a father. I knew I failed as a, as a husband and I failed to my friends. And he said, I, my wife and kids had nothing. And here I'm going to prison for six years, seven years. And they had nothing. And he said, I knew that I had to build a legacy to take care of my family because of my poor choices. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to be writing a book called Embrace Your Consequences. And I'm going to be interviewing him in the book. And it's uh, and basically it's it's embrace the consequence of what you've done and how you can repair it. And uh, and when God's trying to teach you something through all the consequences from poor choices, you step back and you start to say, okay, hey, how can I embrace that so I can become a better man? I'm guilty of that. There are some mistakes I made in my life that yeah. I am a better person today because I embrace the consequence. So when you talk about Keith, it's about building the legacy. And he knew that he could do it in only his limited capacity, but, it, but he got it done. And that's the most amazing part about that story. Yeah, you're right. His capacity was limited, but he embraced the concept and he got it done. And I, and I look, I am looking forward to reading that book and hopefully it'll come out uh, in the near future. Thank so you. embrace the concept. That sounds like a great book. And here's the thing. Uh, speaking of people who serve time, one of the great things about the network marketing profession is it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter if you did time, doesn't care about your race, your gender, or whatever your background is. Whereas in certain industries, if you've spent time in prison, they won't give you a job, but network marketing, anyone can succeed in it. So it doesn't matter, you did 20 years, but you paid your dues and you're ready to serve people and help them live a better life. You're, if you're willing to do that, you can succeed in this business. That's what I love about this. There are a lot of people who do have that background that have become very successful in MLM. And I just love the fact that it really is the great, great equalizer. It is. And to be able to open up that door to people who really don't think they have a chance in life because of poor choices in the past and being able to step into this market and be able to learn from some of the best. Yeah, the opportunity is amazing. And uh, there, there's a niche market right there, Victor. It's just it's somebody who has a criminal past and they can't really get a job. And, and unfortunately, sometimes they're dependent on the government. Let's get them stepped out of that role and let them have honor in themselves for what they can do for themselves and the family that they love. Absolutely. I agree. Help them out, let them step out and let them become great people. This is an industry that can definitely honor if they're willing to embrace it. So I think I, I love what you just said about that. And I do, I do want to say really something really quick. Austin Zulak shared it in the room today and I want your people to pick it up from a conversation we had. Earlier. Sure. He said, sometimes you can't get your team to move. Sometimes your team is just stagnant. The timing's not great. And mm -hmm. sometimes you need to create an incentive to get them to move. And he says, what you do, you start, start building other leaders. Mm -hmm. You start building other teams. You start, start focusing away from their stalling tactics and you start focusing on new, uh, we call it new blood, you know, where, where you're just mm -hmm. basically getting new blood into your business and you start succeeding with the people who want it, that desire it, that, that want to build that legacy. And then you'll start to find that the people who are stagnant stalling, sometimes it picks them up and starts to motivate them. I just, I, I felt that that was worthy to share. 
No, I agree. I thought that was a great point Austin made about that. Just start a new team, start developing new leaders, and it might give the other team a swift kick in the pants because sometimes they get comfortable and they say, oh, I don't really, I don't need to do anything extra. But then when they see you developing other leaders and spending more time with them, they start saying to, to themselves, you know what, I need to start doing more because people notice what other people are doing. So I thought it was a great point made by Austin there. Very much so. Yeah. So the last thing I'd like to ask you about is personal development, because I think you would agree it is such a critical part of, of network marketing. And I think it's actually the best profession for personal development, for people who really want to develop themselves. I think about the Jim Rohn quote, work harder, than, work harder on yourself than on your job. If you work hard on your job, you can make a little bit. Work hard on yourself, you can make a fortune. Say that again. I got I got a phone call. Say it again. Sorry, that. No, just so the importance of personal development. And I think network marketing is one of the, it's probably the best profession for personal development, really developing yourself, becoming the person, uh, really developing yourself to the maximum person you created to be. And, and, and then I mentioned the Jim Rohn quote, work harder on yourself than on your job. Because yeah. you, work, you work hard on your job, you can make a living, but if you work hard on yourself, you can make a fortune. And that begins each and every day. And 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 and, uh, and to be honest, it needs to begin the night before. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the greatest uh, wisdom that my brother ever shared with me was uh, to be prepared, to um, to be prepared for the day for anything negative, anything sinful, anything uh, that's an attack on me. Be prepared so I can respond with love. I can re and and that's personal development. You know, it's my son teaches me all the time his demeanor when it comes to raising above that tension level and, and to always be calm and collective. And I don't, I don't always uh, succeed at it, Victor. Sometimes I, I let my emotions get the best of me, but when you're prepared and when you're developing and when you're finding skills and traits that are going to put you on the next level, that's going to be able to endure you to great things to come, embrace it always embrace it like right now clubhouse i think is the greatest opportunity for getting free nuggets every single day and filling 10 pages of notes every single day from what you get from clubhouse but just don't write it down review it apply it go back in a week and look at it again reinforce it because these are the personal skills that we need to better ourselves and our walk with Christ and our walk with whoever you put your faith into. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, this is what evolves us to become greater at what we do, more skilled at what we do. Just like the three minute chess, I would never be to this level if I didn't play all the games that I played to learn how I've lost from all those games. And to say, I got to keep my mind sharp. I'm, I'm, you know, it's a poker playing is the same way. I've, I've done extremely well in poker and, but I just don't have the time to always play it, but it's just having the mindset that you're focusing. So if you're in network marketing right now, you need to remain focused. You need to always gear up towards the things that you can learn that people are willing to give to you for free and take it and run with it and then thank the person later. Okay, always have a, a, an appreciation for what people are willing to give to you because that's what's going to help build your legacy. That's some great stuff there. Have that gratitude and appreciation for the people that help you. 
absorb that knowledge, embrace it, and take action on it. Because if you don't take action on it, nothing will change for you. And, and I think one thing you, you mentioned a few times, you just mentioned again, practice, practice, practice. That's how you get better at anything you, you need to do. The more you do it, the more you practice it, the better you will get. We are all bad at anything once we started, once we do it the first time. But we become experts because we did it hundreds of times, thousands of times. The, the best speaker in the world did not become that way overnight. It took many, many, many times of practice and giving many speeches. That's how they became, they became one of the best speakers. The best network marketers did it through practice. They spoke to a lot of people. They made the mistakes, they learned from it, but they kept practicing. And I think you want to say one more thing, my friend. Yeah, just uh, to think about it, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, mm -hmm. the, best, the best shooters in the world. I mean, just uh, the best at their game. They showed up three hours before every game and, and shot. Why? They don't need to. They're, they're the best. Why excel even further? But that was the mindset that they had and the heart set for the game. So if anyone's out there right now on network marketing and you really want to excel, show up, be present, and always apply what you learn. I think that's a great way to conclude everything, what you just said there. Yeah, great stuff here. Lots of wisdom, lots of golden nuggets. Thank you so much, Brett, for showing up today. It's always a pleasure getting together with you. And it's always a pleasure being with you on Clubhouse and all these calls every single day. I, I just love the friendship we've developed over the last few months. I just love how you edify everyone and how you support everyone and, and the wisdom you always share. I've learned a lot from you, my friend. I just want to thank you again for being here with us today on this interview. The pleasure is mine. Victor, I have, I have grown so much just with you being in my life over the last month and a half. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you, my friend. And before we let you go, if people would like to contact you, what is the best way to reach you, Brett? Um, I'm on Instagram as the MLM underscore ambassador. I'm also on um, Facebook as Brett A. Matheny. So it's, uh, you have it in your description. So and anybody that would like to contact me is welcome to contact me. Um, I, I'm, I don't charge for coaching. I, I coach for free. And so anytime that I can have a chance to really uplift somebody, there's a balance to that. But anytime that I can have a chance to help somebody excel, I'm always available for. Yeah. And he's willing to help people out. So definitely feel free to reach out to Brett. He's a great guy. And also if you're on Clubhouse, reach out, you know, follow him on Clubhouse. He always shares a lot of great value and wisdom there. And again, thanks again for being on the show today, Brett. It was an honor and a pleasure having you, my friend. The pleasure was mine. Thank you, Victor. Take care. Have a great day and God bless my friend. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.